pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. High Five Casino. High Five Casino is a social casino with real prizes and big Vegas hits at HighFiveCasino.com. The hottest games right from Vegas and all winnings go straight to your bank account. Hundreds of exclusive games, free daily rewards, and come back to get free coins every four hours. Only at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details at HighTheNumberFiveCasino.com. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A three-year-old little boy is missing. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. First of all, take a listen to our friend at the Truro Police Department, Chief Dave McNeil. The facts of this are uh, yesterday afternoon, about uh, 1.20 in the afternoon. The Truro Police Service received a call to the area of Queen Street and Elizabeth Street uh, regarding a missing three-year-old boy who was later confirmed to be Dylan Eller. Dylan was at his grandmother's residence on Queen Street playing outside. Uh, his grandmother became briefly distracted and uh, turned around for a moment. And when she turned back, uh, Dylan was no longer in the yard. Uh, patrol officers arrived within four minutes of the first call. We began to gather information and evidence, a photo of Dylan, description, area of uh, where he was. Officers did a quick neighborhood canvas. Uh, we called our canine unit to respond. Uh, he was there very quickly and uh, began to track in the area. Where is this baby boy? Again, thank you for being with us. With me, an all-star panel to break it down and put it back together again. Dave Mack joining me, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter Irv Brandt. 
formerly with the U.S. Marshal Service International Investigations Branch. You can find him at IrvBrandt.com. Karen Stark, renowned psychologist, joining us from New York at KarenStark.com. Karen with a C. James Shellnut, 27 years, Metro Major Case, now lawyer at the ShellnutLawFirm.com. And two very special guests joining us, Jason and Ashley. This is Baby Dylan's parents. To both of you, thank you for being with us. First to you, Jason, tell me about the circumstances of Dylan going missing. The day Dylan went missing, um, I showed up at around 3 o'clock, um, and I, I, I walked right into it, and um, the cop told me uh, my son was missing. And um, searching, and, and Dylan had went missing at 124, so uh, at that point, canine was just getting there. Um, so they took, you know, 40 minutes or longer to get there with canine unit. And it took um, a little over three hours for boots on the ground. Um, it was chaos. I remember chaos. What could you discern had happened? I, I didn't know what happened at that time. Um, well, I mean, you, certainly you said, hey, what happened? Where did he go? That's ex- How did he go missing? Yeah, exactly. Um, and... Um, you know, that wasn't really my concern. I knew he was missing at that time. So the first thing came out of my mouth um, was, uh, has anyone been near the brook or the river? Um, I didn't have time to talk to Dorothy or anything. I was, you weren't told whether he had been playing in a car, whether they think someone sped away with him, whether he... You didn't ask any question about how did he go missing? What happened? Um, the cop said that uh, she turned her back and Dylan um, got away. So... Uh, as soon as I heard that, I just, I wanted to go search, but I wasn't allowed. Gotcha. Dave Mack, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. Tell me the facts surrounding the disappearance of baby Dylan. All right. Dylan was dropped off with his grandmother, and uh, she ended up... Stop. Taking... Dropped off oh. by who and which grandmother? Actually dropped Dylan off with her mother, Dorothy Parsons, at Dorothy's house uh, around 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Dorothy said, I'm probably going to take him outside with the new puppy. She had a new puppy that was about the only thing that could keep up with Dylan because Dylan was a runner. He liked to run. He was all boy. And so he and this little puppy would just play. Now, at around 1.15, uh, we, we get this from Dorothy Parsons. She said she turned around for about 18 seconds to put the dog, the puppy, on a lead. When she turned back, Dylan was gone. We're talking According to her, 18 seconds, he was gone. Dorothy then starts screaming for help. She's screaming for Dylan. She's screaming for neighbors. Neighbors actually hear her screaming. She's screaming, call 911. One of the neighbors does that at about 1.24 p.m. The officers arrive four minutes later. Okay, so they're playing out. Are they at their yard? They're still in the yard of the home? Dave Mack? Yes, ma'am. They're in Dorothy Parsons' backyard. Okay. Um, Karen Stark joining me. Karen, do you recall the case of Samantha and Aaron Runyon? Uh, You and I were together on several occasions when I spoke with Aaron. Aaron's baby girl, Samantha, who was around three, um, was at the grandmother's house where Aaron had taken her. The grandma was inside in the kitchen, looking out the window, straight at Samantha in the front yard. She was playing with other children. 
And just like that, a car came up, a guy got Samantha and took off. Just like that. The grandmother runs out. She's out the house in 10 seconds. Never got Samantha back alive. It can happen just that fast. Do you remember that case, Karen Stark? I was thinking about that, Nancy, because it takes no time at all to abduct a child. You All you have to do, and it's no, it's not the grandmother's fault. It's something you would never believe, but it can happen that quickly, especially when you hear that it's a little boy who likes to run, right? So you take your eyes off of him, he runs, and if somebody is there planning to take this little boy, it takes no time, just no time. So I was thinking about that very case. Now, in that case, Samantha was just a little bit older than Dylan. She was uh, approaching five, as I recall. But it was right there in a residential area playing in the front yard. Let me go to Dylan's mom joining us, Ashley Brown. To you and Jason, thank you for being with us. And I know this is painful to go back over. But thank you for being with us and going through it with us. For those of you just joining us, we're talking about the disappearance of a beautiful little boy. Three years old when he goes missing. Dylan Ellers. Tip line 902-895-5351. Repeat, 902-895-5351. Ashley, tell me about your mother's yard and her home. Was it enclosed? Was it a single dwelling? Did she live in an apartment? Was it rural, suburban, urban? Tell me about her home. Um, well, she lives on the corner of Queen Street and Elizabeth Street. Um, it's a rather large house. Um, it's kind of um, a duplex, one on top of the other situation. Um, her her parents-in-law live downstairs, and her and her husband live upstairs. Okay, wait. Who lives downstairs and who lives upstairs? Um, downstairs is her, her in-laws, her husband's parents. They own the house. Um, so they live in the downstairs half of the home, and there's an upstairs half. Um, with Dorothy and her husband, Jeff, they live in the upstairs half. Of, of the home, and they they rent. So, was the yard enclosed, Ashley? It's partially it's partially enclosed. Um, so there's a, a partial fence. Um, there's a partial fence by the road, um, and then there's bushes on the other side, um, separating her house and her neighbor's home. So it's partially enclosed, and it opens up to the driveway. How far away is the home from the next-door neighbors? I don't know, 10 or 15 feet. They're they're pretty close together. Is it heavily traveled? Is there a lot of traffic? Is it suburban? What is it? Um, Queen Street, the main street, um, is pretty heavily traveled. There's a lot of traffic in the area. Um, There's a a big train station around... train yard on the other side of the road so there's trains going all the time um it's a busy area okay that's telling me a lot
following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Yahoo! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sort. High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. It goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again! Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Is getting gas at Shell burning a hole in your wallet? What if I told you you can easily earn cash back while you fill up? Introducing Drop, the app that turns every fill up into a reward. With Drop, you'll earn points to get free gift cards every time you fill up your tank. Download Drop and use code DROP88 to instantly receive $5 in points to jumpstart your savings journey. Don't miss out on turning your gas expenses into something rewarding. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design icon West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of the two companies' shared values of premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. I want to do that. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash Nancy. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Straight out to you, Irv Brandt joining us, former U.S. Marshal Service. Irv, what do you make of that? Because think back to Samantha Runyon, who was five when she goes missing, and it happened just like that. Given the layout, what we know, a neighbor, somebody across the street, somebody that knew the neighbors, somebody going by in a car. I mean, 18 seconds when you're right there with a child, that's 
kind of hard, but she could be wrong about 18 seconds. Where do you get 18 seconds from? Where do you come up with that number? I mean, it, she may have had to chase the dog to put the lead on him. And uh, when you're bent over and you're putting a lead on a dog, and if it's jumping or playing, it's a puppy, it might take one or two minutes. Every time our dog, Fat Boy, sees me get the leash to take him on a walk, he goes crazy. He's so excited. Sometimes I have to hold him between my legs to put the, the, the lead on it. So it can take a minute if you have to grab the dog and hold the dog. It could have been up to two or three minutes. That's true. Uh, it sounds like she gave the best approximate, approximate that she could. Uh, and it's hard to judge time when you're under stress. Um, and it's, it's critical in a case like this, because like you said, it, it can happen so fast then that the person or persons can be gone, you know, within a few seconds. And so the, the very initial response is the most critical when, when they, when you start the search, if you're going to do an alert or things like that for a missing person, it's, it's critical that it's done immediately, which doesn't seem to be done in this case. Well, I, I mean, 911 was called, uh, nine minutes after the grandma started screaming. That, according to what we've just been told, was at 115. 911 was called by neighbors at 124. The cops got there. What took so long, according to Jason Eller, uh, this is Dylan's dad, is to get, what, the dogs there? Yes, the, the canine unit. So our first meeting with the police, they said 20 minutes the dog arrived. But then W5 News, he said 40 minutes. So there's a lot of confusion. So um, when I got there, it was 3 o'clock. And um, the lady officer said the canine unit just got there. So we're talking at least an hour. They said that the dog was on another scene, but we have RCMP just a few minutes away from us, literally. So I don't quite understand either. Okay, so the cops got there. How? Qu it sounds like the cops got there pretty quickly. Oh, search and rescue took uh, about three hours to get called in. Okay, so it sounds to me like the cops got there pretty quickly. It took a while to get the canines and search and rescue yeah. assembled, but the cops arrived pretty quickly. Guys, take a listen to our friend Avery Haynes at W5. We've had about seven or eight ransoms. Were people actually trying to connect with you and say, we have your son? Oh, that they're going to kill my son if we don't give them so much money. A guy sent a picture of, uh, I think it was a picture of maybe Dylan, but it was all photoshopped and looked like he had bruises on his face and stuff. And he wanted three Bitcoin, which is worth 40-some thousand dollars, um, untraceable money. There was another one where um, he said he had Dylan in the truck and he tossed him out the window doing 100 kilometers if I didn't send him a couple thousand dollars. Ransom. Ransom Threats is the only way I can put that to James Shellnut, 27 years Metro Major case. What do you think? What do you make of that? Truthfully, I can't say exactly what I think about that on air, but I will tell you this. It's not <laughs> common for somebody to do that. There are some sick people in this world, and I will tell you, I, I have worked missing persons cases. I don't know that I've had any where someone truly called and asked for a ransom. You see that a lot more on movies in, in the United States. You see it a lot more when it comes to immigrants who come here 
from across the border. You see it in other countries, in the U.S. That's not common. I saw it in the case of a missing Alaskan barista. Uh, Her name was Samantha Koenig, as I recall. And a ransom note was put in a public park with a photo of her. And she had her hair done differently. She wore long hair. In this photo, and this is significant, she had it in braids. And they wanted money for her safe return. As it turned out, we later learned she was already dead. And they had stitched her eyes open. And they had braided her hair, not knowing that she would never have worn it that way. But that and a few others, you know, Frank Sinatra Jr. I mean, I can think of some. Uh, we we just had a, a um, billionaire out on the West Coast. His domestic help was kidnapped. It was a thought that the kidnappers wanted his adult daughter. So it does happen, but it's few and far between. But it does happen to Jason Eller. This is baby Dylan's father. Tell me about those ransom threats. Um, yes, so um, the one with the Bitcoin, that was pretty hard to take. Um, I remember um, calling my lead investigator about it, and um, he actually uh, told me to get off Facebook and uh, Messenger, and he's like, this is bullshit, and he uh, hummed and hawed and um, told me to come down. Um, so I, I guess... Um, you know, with some others, there's I've had I've had ones where they would send a murdered. Well, it was probably fake, but I showed the cops. Um, it'd be a, a woman all beat up and shot, and then they said uh, your son would be next if I didn't send a few hundred dollars. I mean, it got pretty crazy. Um, just for little amounts of money to large amounts of money. Was there one that had a photo ostensibly of Dylan, except all bruised up? Yep, it was a picture of Dylan I shared online. Um, It took me a while to figure it out, but they must have photoshopped it and had bruises um, put on his face or something like that. Who are these people that would do such a thing? Uh, Karen Stark, to take a photo that Dylan's dad had shared online trying to find his son and then Photoshop it to make it look like he was all bruised and beaten and try to get money? Who would do something like that? Well, somebody, Nancy, who could care less about the feelings of the parents or the fact that this is a real, live little boy. Someone who decides that this is a great opportunity for them to make some money and Photoshop a picture. And that is not... If you listen to what they're saying, and we both know, it's not the least bit unusual for people to take advantage of someone else's tragedy and try and make money and see if they can find a way to gain an advantage for them and not care. And that's the key point here. No conscience, no caring about what these parents are going through. None whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Guys, um... The description of this little boy is something that no one will ever forget. He is uh, rosy-cheeked, dark brown hair, big, beautiful brown eyes. I'm looking at him right now. To Ashley Brown, his mother, I'm looking at the photo of him wearing the little, it looks like a space jacket. A little black space jacket like an astronaut would wear with black 
pants and black shoes. He's outdoors on a front yard. How tall would you say that Dylan was? Approximately three feet. About three feet. He's certainly not overweight, but he is well-nourished and precious. Guys, I want you to take a listen now to our cut number four. This is Sarah Plowman at CTV. We're circling back to the moment this baby disappears out of the front yard with grandma. Three-year-old was last seen by his grandmother in Truro here in her backyard. For the first time today, she spoke with CTV News. Uh, I went to tie the dog on her lead and I turn around and Dylan is just gone. He's just gone. I have no explanation. Parsons says it all happened in about 18 to 20 seconds. She doesn't recall anyone nearby who looked suspicious, but... I don't think he went near the water. I don't think... I think somebody... Somebody has him. To not be able to have him hear him laughing, playing. I'm just destroyed. Now take a listen to our cut 19, Avery Haynes, W5. Put your dog inside. Did you make a mistake and you're just not saying it? I just know something's wrong. I've felt it since day one. Jason and Ashley both feel as though there's just something missing and that you're not sharing it because you're scared of getting charged criminally with neglect. There's nothing that's a secret. Even I know there's something not right. There's a puzzle piece missing. And you don't have the piece of that and puzzle? And I don't have it. I don't have that piece. Are you responsible for your grandson's disappearance? In my mind, yes. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. Welcome to Burger Yippee. Would you like a hot apple pie today? Yes, yes, yeah, I won. Woohoo! So that's a yes on the apple pie? I just went big time playing high five casino on my phone. Real cash prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. Yeah. So yes or no on the apple pie? Whoa! <laughs> I won again. I'll take that as a yes. Drive around. Have you had your high five moment today? Only at highfivecasino.com. High five casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High five casino. Is getting gas at Exxon burning a hole in your wallet? What if I told you you can easily earn cash back while you fill up? Introducing Drop, the app that turns every fill up into a reward. With Drop, you'll earn points to get free gift cards every time you fill up your tank. Download Drop and use code DROP66 to instantly receive $5 in points to jumpstart your savings journey. Don't miss out on turning your gas expenses into something rewarding. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Don't let a bad mattress stand between you and a good night's sleep. Lisa Mattress can help. From memory foam mattresses that hug in all the right places to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer incredible comfort and support at every price point. Collectively, their mattresses have over 20,000 five-star reviews. 
Delivery is free, returns are easy, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your own home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress for being our partner. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Jason and Ashley both feel as though there's just something missing and that you're not sharing it because you're scared of getting charged criminally with neglect. There's nothing that's a secret. Even I know there's something not right. There's a puzzle piece missing. And you don't have the piece of that puzzle? And I don't have it. I don't have that piece. Are you responsible for your grandson's disappearance? In my mind, yes. Reality, probably yes. You call your mom Dorothy. I do. Why? After my son went missing, I can't look at her. I can't speak to her. I don't want her in my life. I just, I don't consider her a mother anymore. You're hearing the voice of Dylan's mother, Ashley Brown, referring to her own mother, Dorothy, Dorothy Parsons. Ashley, why do you say that? Um, well, my, my kids are everything. Dylan, everything. And the fact that he's gone, it, it just destroyed our entire family. I think I'm always going to hold responsible. What do you feel is missing? Because to me, it doesn't sound right either. I feel like there's at least some time 18 missing. seconds. I don't necessarily feel like she was malicious and intent or anything, but I feel like there is a piece missing, whether it's time, whether she did something else. They all went back inside for some reason. You know, there's, there's some time missing. It's more than 18 to 20 seconds. Something is missing. You're right, because um, Jason, let me tell you a story. I took, I have twins, they're now 14, but when they were just, I'd say they're about three. They're walking really well. They could run. We went to one of those giant baby superstores, and I was looking for organic sunscreen, 
and I found that, that in those super stores, they have floor way high, almost to the ceiling shelves. So I was all the way down on my knees looking on the bottom shelf trying to find this for my children. And the twins were right behind me and they both were wearing those little Crocs. So I look and look and look and I'm talking to them and my daughter's answering me back. Finally, I get up and I said, well, I guess they don't have it. I turned around and there was Lucy, but no John David. I had probably been down there all in maybe three minutes, not looking at them. They were right there with me and I didn't hear him leave. And, you know, I, I picked up my daughter like a football and started running and screaming to lock the doors in case someone, I thought maybe somebody got him and was leaving. And I was running full speed like a quarterback down the main aisle, didn't see him, screaming, screaming at the top of my lungs, turned around, coming back. He had been playing and had snuck away and was running. And like when I would run, he would be going back and forth between the aisles and I didn't see him. So it can happen just like that. But 18 seconds from a front yard. And I'm looking at photos right now. Uh, the pictures. And it's, the, it's there's not a lot of houses out there. It's a paved road with homes. Um, but I think it would be really hard for just 18 seconds to pass and you don't see him running up and down that street. I mean, you can see, I would say, at least a quarter of a mile down the street. Unobscured vision. So something isn't right. Can I mention something? He also had a pair of boots on that were a size too big. So that would have made him a little slower. Wow. Now you're saying, and the sound I just played, that something is not right tell me what you think happened because a parent's gut is usually correct in my experience go ahead what do you think so what i think is um well it started when i first showed up um the officer pulled my parent or my mom and my sister to the side and the officer did say that there's two different stories um one that uh she ran upstairs to put the dog in ran back down dylan was gone and then the one where she went downstairs to tie the dog and then that was the last time we've seen that officer. So I thought, you know, something's odd. Um, and I, I never, um, I don't know, just um, the way she's, she acted, uh, the, the way her stories changed. Um, and I, I owned a, a full-grown dog that was very, very hyper. He was a King Shepherd collie. And to tie a dog for a minute, two minutes, five minutes, you'd know where that child's at. I mean... It was a puppy. That puppy should have been uh, triggered by him running. He was only a five to six month old puppy. Just a lot of little things that don't make sense in that uh, that short amount of time. How has she, the mother, Dorothy Parsons, the grandmother of Dylan, how has she acted since he went missing? Let me ask you, Ashley Brown. Um, I, I find that she, she's trying to, to push off blame. Um, I I don't see her doing a lot like in the type of things like doing posters, doing searching, uh, rallying for Dylan. Um, I don't see any of that. Was her home searched carefully at the time, Jason Eller? 
Um, they said they checked her home three times. And and no, nothing unusual there. Nothing unusual there, as far as we know. Let me ask you this: to you, Ashley and Jason, both of you, who saw Dylan last that day? Did any neighbor see him outside? Anybody other than the grandmother? No. Not that we know of. There was no neighbors outside. Um, that you know, but everybody um, should have been around. We were in. It just started the, the COVID lockdown and lockdown, so everybody should have basically been home. This was during COVID lockdown. There, there were no witnesses that saw Dylan out in the yard that day. Who else was at home when he went missing, other than his grandma? As far as we know, nobody. Um, Dorothy's husband comes home for lunch every day um, from work, so he was at home approximately twelve o'clock. And it stated that he left to go back to work about 10 to 1. Did he see Dylan? He saw Dylan when he came home for lunch, yes. They were still inside. So Dylan was inside until 10 to 1, 12.50. Is that correct? Yes. Is her husband his, Dylan's, biological grandfather? No. Had there ever been any incidents with Dylan while he was in the care of your mother and her husband? Not to my knowledge. He never came home with bruises? He never complained? No, no. Nothing like that. Um, we have heard rumors that Dylan had... So we know he was alive and well at 12.50. By 1.15, the neighbors were hearing screams. Is that correct, Jason? That isn't 100% correct. Uh, the neighbor across from her stated that she wasn't acting erratic like uh, a grandmother that lost a child. Um, uh, the uh, the neighbor down the street seen her looking around and asked what happened. They think that's how it went. Okay. I'm, I don't understand what you're saying. Tell me from the beginning. First of all, my first question was, Dylan's alive at 12.50 p.m., alive and well, when the husband leaves to go back to work. At 1.15, neighbors hear screams. Is that part right? Um, our PI says differently. The timeline is from the police department, Nancy, where they, the, we know that Tura Police at 1.24, that's when they say the call was made to the police, to 911 at 1.24. The claim, that was after, you know, he went missing at approximately 1.15. And that, that's from the reports from the police okay. department. So, Jason Eller, we have established with Dave Mack that the screams were heard at 1.15, the call was made by neighbors at 1.24 to 9.11, but you're telling me that there was some inconsistency yeah. in the story. What inconsistency, Jason Eller? There's some inconsistencies because when our PI went and canvassed the area, the uh, the the witnesses um, were not talking like she was screaming. Um, it was uh, completely different. Actually, uh, their stories don't actually compel with the grandmother's stories. So um, he had he that's that's one of his big concerns. You know that they weren't properly questioned. So let me ask you, what did the neighbor say happened? Um, she. Apparently, um, the neighbor right across from her said that uh, Dorothy wasn't acting erratic like uh, 
like you know being she figured uh, she would be more um, loud and scared but she looked um, more calm than she should be another neighbor said that she was uh, seen at 12:30 looking um, another neighbor said that um, he noticed something uh, Maybe there was a, um, uh, uh, her yelling for Dylan, maybe once. I know the neighbor went down and um, looked through the brook, and there was nothing. There was no child. I believe you mentioned earlier that a neighbor spotted her looking for Dylan. So um, apparently um, this lady was um, waiting, and she, um, Dorothy had uh, came to her door and asked if she had seen Dylan. So, Jason Eller, you're saying that right around the time that the grandma was looking for Dylan, a neighbor went and looked in the creek and there was no child in the water at all? There was no child in sight anywhere. There were no footprints, no nothing. Uh, Straight back out to Irv Brandt, joining me, former U.S. Marshal Service and author of Flying Solo, Top of the World, on Amazon. Irv, again, thank you for being with us. If a neighbor went immediately and checked out the creek and there was no child in the water and there was no child anywhere to be seen that quickly, remember 18 seconds before the grandma says she realized he was gone. That makes it really hard for me to believe that child ended up in any water. That's correct. Um, you would It would lead you to believe that the child was taken and probably transported by car at that point and was probably kidnapped instead of wandered off. Like you said, you could see in both directions up the road if if the child was running up and down the road. And if someone checked down by the creek and didn't see any footprints, didn't didn't see a child, uh, it would be a reasonable assumption to believe that Mm -hmm. someone picked them up. Ashley Brown, tell me about that creek near Dorothy Parsons' home. How deep is it? Well, on that day, it was deeper than usual. In some spots, it was um, almost chest deep. Uh, but normally, it's not It's not an overly deep brook. Now, you're saying a brook. I'm, I'm trying to get a mental image of what kind... Is it like a river? How wide is it? Is it something that children play in? Had Dylan ever played in it before? Dylan has never played in it before. He's never been down to that brook. Um, and I don't think kids play in it in that area. Um, it flows underneath the, the train tracks that come from the train yard. Um, and there's, there's quite a bit of debris in it. Um, it's not overly wide. It's, it's a brook. Um, it's a small, it's a small brook. It's probably a few feet wide, I would guess, maybe five, six feet wide. But you're saying it was six feet deep? I mean, chest deep, that'd be four feet? In, in some spots. Yes, not all, not all areas of it. The reason I'm asking if he had ever played in it before Jason Eller is if he had never played in it, then how would he even know to go to it? Well, um, I know law enforcement were trying to say he heard it or search and rescue, which I didn't believe. So that brook, um, some places were um, about waist deep. I don't, there's not one spot in that brook that's chest deep. I know that brook to the back of my head now. I've been to it uh, at the highest points. I know they did a mannequin test that they had to take the weights out. It completely failed. They had to push the mannequin out of the brook into the river. Then they had to push it um, down the river. I mean, I'm, it, like, 
Um, there's so much debris in that brook. There's actually a tree that was uh, crossing the brook and all the branches were coming down. I remember when it dried up and we were going through, we had to push our way through these branches um, to keep going through the brook. And there were uh, many types of, uh, um, what do they call it, fences in the brook. So many logs crossing. So if he had gone in um, that brook, he would yeah. have been found. So it was pretty full. There was a... There was a spot actually that swirls in the brook um, and it all kind of hits one corner of the brook um, and it, uh, ca- it caused some erosion, so a hole in the, in the corner of the brook. Um, there was a shopping cart in the hole and that's where his first boot was found. So to me, with the power of the water hitting that corner, he should have been there too. What do you make? Everyone, you just heard that Dylan's boots were found near the water. Now, I'm, I'm curious. These boots, Jason, you said they were two sizes too big, and then one was in one spot by the water, and the other was in another spot by the water? So Dylan's boots were a size too big, and um, so one was found in a shopping cart underwater, and it was by, uh, I wouldn't say it was a beaver dam, but there was a buildup of debris from the water swirling into that corner. So to me, it was almost impossible for him to get out of that spot. And then he would have to pass a tree, the one that you would have to dig through um, to get through. And it, his boot was through all that, and it made it uh, just about to the mouth of the river. But it uh, it must have sunk there. See, when it when you when it comes out to the end of the brook, where just before it merges to the river, there's like some backflow. So anything that just about hits the river kind of floats back up the brook a little bit. So it's quite an interesting area. The the mannequin did the same thing. It kind of floated back up. It didn't work. That's why they had uh, had to push it in. Who bought him the boots? His grandmother did. When? It was was either for Easter or for his birthday. The two were pretty close together. Just before he went missing. So the grandma bought him the boots just before he goes missing. Do you believe Jason and Ashley that he actually went into the water? No. I think there's more to the story, and I always have. 100%. Ashley, do you think he went into the water? I, I definitely think that there's more to the story, but I also think with the, the time delays with search and rescue, if he was somehow not seen, um, and he would have had time to make it to the brook. So for me, I'm still I'm still fifty fifty with it. See, and I'm 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 almost the same fifty fifty because search and rescue did take three hours for boots in the ground, and in fact, they were ready within fifteen to twenty minutes. So that's on the police. But the neighbor went and looked at the water immediately and said there was not a child there. Uh, when I arrived at three, there was nobody there except for one officer, and the canine just went into the woods. And I know when the canine unit came out, the one officer and the dog, the dog wasn't wet. The officer wasn't wet. And in fact, the officer told me um, that uh, this dog's not meant for looking for children, especially after this much loss of time. So um, that's a true story. I don't make that stuff up. I, I understand that it took them three hours to get there. I understand what you're saying about the dog. A neighbor went straight to the creek when the grandma screamed, and there was not a child in the water. That suggests the child was never at the water. I mean, is any of this making sense, James Shelnut? No, it, it doesn't make sense. The neighbor goes straight to the water, doesn't see the child, 
The search and rescue doesn't find the child in the water. I'm almost wondering if either the boots were staged or if someone just tried to get rid of the boots in the water and the child was somewhere else. I keep hearing that the one where one boot was, where was the other boot, Ashley Brown? The other boot was found farther down the brook, um, closer to the opening to Salmon River. And it was found submerged as well. Guys, if you have information on the disappearance of this beautiful boy, Dylan Eller, please dial 902-895-5351. Repeat, 902-895-5351. No one has been named a person of interest or a suspect or a defendant. We don't know where Dylan is or how he went missing. But many people believe he never went in the water. So where is he? Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. The following is a high five moment from highfivecasino.com. I won! Private, put down your phone. This is the army. Sarge, High Five Casino is a social casino. It's on your phone. goes wherever you go. I win free spins, cash, prizes, free daily rewards, over 1,200 games. I won again. Platoon, present cell phone. High Five. High Five. Casino. Casino. Win at HighFiveCasino.com. High Five Casino is a social casino. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited. Play responsibly. Conditions apply. See website for details. High Five Casino. Is getting gas at Exxon burning a hole in your wallet? Get the Drop app. With Drop, you can earn free gift cards just by filling up your tank. Download Drop now. Use code DROP66 to instantly receive $5 in points. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org.